WHAT here with the House of Harmony. Listening to What Radio? WHAT What Radio. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you could have me at your next event. Yes, I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Make your next thing a big one. Man, I've been booking a lot of weddings. Oh my goodness, I've been booking a lot of weddings. I'm so happy that the weddings are coming back. Oh yeah, the people, they need to celebrate. Celebrate their love, celebrate their unions. And I get to be a part of those days. I appreciate that so much. Now, uh, speaking of entertainer, uh, today on the program, I have Salt House, Salt House Lavish. That's Dr. Lav. He didn't spend six years in musical school to be called Mr. Thank you. <laughs> That's a little hint. Who is Dr. Lav? What is Salt House Lavish? Where are you going to find out more in the next few minutes? So stick around. This week's shows, as we're breaking out of coronavirus quarantine, I have one public show. Yeah, Friday nights at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. R-A-B, Conway, Arkansas. If you pass it in your rearview mirror, it's going to say bar. You see how smart they are? <laughs> it's, it's the video dance party, karaoke jam, Friday night at the Rab. It starts at 8 p.m. and we go until 1230 or so. I think we have to be outside the door uh, by 1 o'clock because everybody knows coronavirus attacks after one o'clock in the morning mm. <laughs> is that scientific is it uh is it political i don't know we have to be out the door by one but it's always a good time at the rab full bar kitchens open pool tables they got a pool tournament on friday night so if you want to try your hand at playing pool make some money playing pool while you're waiting to sing on stage you can do so at the rab friday night karaoke time <laughs> All right, let's get into it with Dr. Lav from Salt House Lavish. Now, I got him on the Skype, so if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version. That's youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Keys Dan, or just look up Keys Dan on YouTube. You're going to find three YouTube channels. It's the one with the Radio What logo on it. Yeah, that's where I put my podcasts and the radio stuff. All right, let's get into it with Salt House Lavish, Dr. Lav, Skyping Dr. Lav now. Hello, Keys Dan, the What Makes You Famous podcast. Hey, if you'll uh, turn your phone sideways, it'll fit into my broadcast software. Look at you. There you go. Perfection. The beauty. The handsomeness. Uh, <laughs> I'm Keys Dan. You're uh, Dr. Lav from the Salt House Lavish. 
tell the people uh, who is a Dr. Lav and what is a Salt House Lavish? Well, <clears throat> Dr. Lavish, uh, it's just one of those names that I go by. Um, I'm a musician. I've been a musician for uh, 30, 30 odd years now. Uh, play bass predominantly, but uh, play guitar and piano, keyboards, everything like that. And the Salt House Lavish thing is just a musical project that uh, I put together uh, oh, about a year ago. Something like that. Well, I know you're going to tell me that you don't have an accent. I have an accent. Uh, where do you find yourself uh, these days? Or where, where are you from? I'm from a, a little town in the northeast of England in the UK called Stockton on Tees. Um, population about 200,000. It's not that small, really, but it's, uh, it's a nice little place. Yeah, that sounds yeah, like a respectable sized town. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Go into the music, and you know, I, I guess growing up in a in a town, a medium sized town, uh, I'm listening to your your tunes on uh, on on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you're you're making some groove music. What's inspiring that kind of groove music? Because you're not you're not a vocalist. It's mostly a little a little uh, like low key, maybe some bedroom music. Uh, how would you describe your music? It's it's kind of an amalgamation of uh, thirty years of uh, being in the music scene. Um, although it's 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 a fairly small town, um, it has got quite a lot of large musical roots. Um, we used to have a, a, a venue in, in Stockton called the Globe, which is one of the places where the Beatles played, Rolling Stones, Tom Jones, all these guys. Um, so it's got quite a musical heritage. Who are those guys? All those inspirations. Uh, for the people that are listening, who who are those guys? Uh, the Beatles. <laughs> you must have heard of them. The little band, the little band from Liverpool, just down the road. I I I was once DJ in a party, and this is probably going back maybe twenty years ago. Not you know, not extremely in the recent uh, history, but uh, there was mm. a girl that came up to me and said. Hey, was Paul McCartney in another group before Wings? <laughs> I was supposed to be quite young then. Uh, it, it hurt my neck. It really did. It really did. But uh, growing up yeah, in a yeah. town where all these music, you know, um, greats were going through, mm-hmm. what was your what was your inspiration? Who who bought you your first four? And for the kids listening, a forty five is a record that usually has one single song on each side. And for the yeah, kids, yeah. Uh, a record is <laughs> made of vinyl. Oh, my goodness. Explaining to oh, the children oh, sometimes. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. you'd say, but some of the kids are, are buying records, I don't know, for the yeah, it, for the fun of it, for the it love of it. Tra- it keeps trying to make a comeback, doesn't it? But it's not never really getting there. I think DJs are doing this, but... Uh, yeah. I, I gave up I, to Spotify now. Yeah, I gave up my techniques, uh, which are our record players, uh, turntables mm. i gave those up in 1999 and i never looked no, back no. i never looked back no. you know yeah i'm the same i'm the same i come from that generation of, uh, of turntables and and cassettes but yeah it's, it's easy now with spotify and apple music things like that you can just find stuff you you've never been able to buy in a shop because they don't sell it anymore so yeah well be, before so you my, fir- my first point yeah. five so yeah. like that. um the first the first record I bought uh, was Arena by Duran Duran, of all people. Um, 1983 or 84, something like that. Familiar with Duran Duran, loved their music. I had all their albums. I don't quite yeah, remember yeah. 
all the tracks on Arena. Was that Girls on Film? Was that Hungry Like the Wolves? No, that was that. That was just um, after. It's the one before that. It's the one before that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. What what tracks were on that on that album? Oh, do you know you're gonna push me out and I can't for that okay. remember. <laughs> no, well, you, you always forget I mean you always remember your first album. I'm class yeah. of eighty six. I grew up in the in the seventies and I remember my first eight track tapes. Uh the first one yeah. was the the three that I had was the Eagles, um mm-hmm. the greatest hits, the uh, mm-hmm. the Stevie Wonder's superstition. And Steve oh, Martin album. and Steve Martin's Wild and Crazy Guy. Yeah, so those yeah. are the first three eight tracks that got sent to me. But the first wow. forty five that I had was the Bee Gees. Got to get the right. message to you. That was the one that I remember playing. Oh, yeah, great yeah. song. And, you know, and that's uh, I mean, those are kids, uh, kid, the kids out of uh, was it Australia? Is that is that yeah, where they started? Yeah. And I know yeah. I'm from Miami and. Barry Gibb lives really close to in South Florida right. in, in Miami. So I, I'm, I'm brushing with them. I, I've, uh, yeah, yeah. I've had his, uh, one of his backup singers on the podcast. So I, wow, I said, uh, great, if there's man. any way you can let, uh, Sir Barry Gibb know that you had a great mm-hmm. time on the podcast, please, by all means. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you gotta try, haven't you? but you've had brushes with greatness. You say you've been doing this for 30 years. What year did you graduate high yeah. school? Um, no, blimey, nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Okay. 19- yeah, yeah. So we chewed a lot um, of the same dirt musically. Uh, I'm class of '86, so you had to have had some formative years in the '80s. But uh, you say that uh, Arena was the first album '89. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. I mean, to be yeah. fair, it was the, it was the first album that I bought that I could. With my money, you know, that I paid for. Right. Uh, but the, the first album that truly influenced me was um, a George Benson album, uh, Breezing. I don't know if you remember that one. The very instrumental. I mean, you did. Yeah, George yeah. Benson he's was great. Guy. Yeah, he's yeah. he's great. You know, he has that yeah. that little scat, but mostly yeah. it's about the music. It's got a lot yeah. of bass to it. Is that where you learn how yeah, to yeah. Uh, how to pick the bass or? Or was that pretty much where yeah. you got your that, love? That's where it all came from. Yeah, I mean, it was literally the song "Breezin" that really got me into it when I was about thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Um, and I think my uncle bought me a guitar, um, a little classical guitar, and I sort of I, I found a thing with it. And then I didn't play for a little while. And I think when I was about fifteen or sixteen, um, I, I had a friend who who had a bass guitar. I bought it off him. Um, and then I was from that point onwards. I was in bands for years, playing all sorts of stuff like a lot of jazz stuff, a lot of blues stuff, and then some sort of funk grooves and all sorts, really. Yeah, but who who bought you the uh, the George Benson album? And then we'll move on. It was actually my auntie. She um, she loaned me it. You know, it's she it's, was really into George Benson, but she was into the later period George Benson, the sort of the pop vocal stuff. Uh, but Breezing was like a crossover album. It was a bit of the pop vocal stuff but more of the jazz guitar side so he's making that turn uh, to where he's yeah, he's heading yeah. to a whole nother level but he hasn't quite made that turn so you get the best Not of quite. both worlds uh, yeah, yeah, yeah george benson uh, okay i like to i like to know the little tent poles the little turning points so before yeah uh, before you got your medical degree uh, you know and became dr lav these are the <laughs> beginnings you know where you're getting your mm-hmm. education music wise yeah. And you, you got the guitar, 
Uh, I'm guessing an acoustic guitar saying classical. Was, yeah. And did you yeah, get any formal lessons or did you teach yourself? I didn't at the time. I, I, I went to um, uh, guitar lessons when I was about 16 for probably about a year or so because I just wanted to know the theory side. I wanted to understand the fundamentals of how things put fit together. Um, and I did that for a while. Um, but I wanted to learn... Um, the theory side specifically to give me that background so that I knew what I was actually playing rather than just jamming about. Well, what is the theory side? What, how, how, how does that help somebody? Uh, we saw, it's all the chords and the notes and where they fit into, like, for instance, your scales. Each scale has eight notes in it and each note is derivative of a chord. So it was all, you know, putting all those sort of things together. Um, I don't, not necessarily much for a bass player. You don't really need to know all that stuff. But if you want to get into sort of playing jazz and blues, it kind of helps to understand what chords people are playing on the piano or guitar that you can accompany with the bass rather than just playing the root notes. Uh, you can you can jam around with it. Well, I suppose that there has to be some kind of way, just like uh, reading a, a book, from what I've been told, and man, I have guitars, I, I cannot play that mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, I don't know how to read music. I've, I've not even uh, right. tr- uh, attempted tabs or anything. But the, from what I'm understanding, talking to so many different musicians, it's like uh, writing a story. Uh, musically, yeah. phrases. You yeah, even yeah. use the same lingo, phrases. Uh, you make that yeah. sentence with us. Are you learning stuff from way back? Are you going to Beethoven? Are you going to songs that, that have been around for uh, centuries? Or are you learning um, things that are more contemporary? All, all stuff, really. I mean, I did, um, I did a degree in music. Um, mm. And a lot of that was... When you get into your grades, when you do like your grade six, seven, and eight, it's a lot of bark and things like that. So you, you kind of learn all those things. But when I'm at home and I'm learning to play songs I like, I'm learning jazz, I'm learning blues, I'm learning Bootsy Collins stuff, you know, getting that funk vibe, bit of everything, really. Man, I just heard a whole podcast with Bootsy Collins. And from what I understand, uh, he was he was also he? on video like we are right now, but I was listening to the audio version. But he was described that he had his uh, star sunglasses and a space yeah, background yeah. and he was grooving man. But Bootsy yeah. was a, a pioneer. Uh, you know, I guess he oh, played he was, with James Brown and uh, got yeah. fired by James Brown. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, but uh, I mean, he, he had that, I guess where he, he had a style of bass playing. What is your style yeah. of bass playing? Where, where do you get your, your vibe from? It's, it's from all the jazz guys. It's things. It's people like Paul Chambers and Victor Wooten, people like that. It's it's that whole jazz thing. So when I play, the majority of the music I've got at the moment, um, there's bits of bass on there, but there's not a great deal. But the style I have is very melodic. It's very musical rather than just you know thumping away. They're on the groove, just keeping it going. There's a lot of like melody in the playing as well. I love that you're giving credit where credit is due. These are all. Uh, you're turning not just me, but also my listeners on to different vibes, different people that uh, that have influenced you. And while they're looking up uh, Salt House Lavish, which they definitely can put it in your Googles mm-hmm. right now, look it up and then come on back when you've listened to all the good, the good vibes. I mean, this is definitely yeah. music that's you, you could sit back. You can actually man, just you've had a hard day. You put on some yeah. of that Salt House Lavish and you're just going to. <sighs> have a better day. Your yeah, blood yeah. pressure is going to go down. Is this the what you've been trying to create since the beginning, or you know, are you kind of, I mean, one of the other biggest influences um, is probably Brian Eno, who, who 
effectively invented ambient music. Uh, it's not the same as what it is now because ambient music now is more dance uh, oriented, but proper ambient music, which is stuff like um, music for airports and things like that. It's just a real chill vibe, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes of just turn your mind off, relax and float downstream kind of stuff. Man, who was I listening to? Uh, I was listening to a podcast with someone that worked with Brian Eno. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, was it Harold Ford? Maybe. It, 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 I don't know if he had anything to do with Roxy Music, but he might. No, maybe it's the stuff from really, now. Yeah, they became really good mates after uh, Roxy Music, and they've, they've done loads of stuff together, some really brilliant stuff. That might have yeah. been who I was listening to. I think he was on the uh, on the um, was uh, it Mark Marin. Mark Marin, absolutely yeah, was, and that's yeah, who was yeah. also uh, Boatsy Collins was also on on Mark yes. Marin recently, and I was listening yeah, to that one. Yeah, but yeah, a great interview, great uh, history. Uh, you know, talking about that those vibes that are getting created. He made me go back and listen to the new stuff now. Uh, you know, the yeah, stuff that they're creating. Good, man, it's good. It's, good album. It is, man, and and me being a DJ, I get to. Uh, play that stuff in the clubs, uh, you know, and, yeah. and on Friday night, I have one gig now, one public show right. now that we're breaking out of coronavirus. And uh, I yeah, try to yeah. I try to uh, feature the artist, at least the ones that I've been talking to. So, you know, there's going to be a Salt House uh, lavish song played this weekend and people nah, are going to go, what is that? And I'll say yeah. Salt House lavish. My job as a nah, DJ is to break out the, the new artist and, and put them yeah, up on display. And hopefully no. you get a listener or two. So before, no, way, it, way back before Dr. Lav, the, I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm enjoying the beginnings when you're 16 and mm -hmm. you have that guitar and you're learning the ropes. But you you say you, you've already alluded to it. You went all the way. You got an actual degree. Was there anything else mm -hmm. in high school that you that you enjoyed doing besides playing music? Um, not really, no. I mean, to be to be fair, the, the whole school thing for me was a bit of a misnomer. I, obviously, it's compulsory, you can't not go, but I didn't really enjoy it too much. It wasn't until after I left um, that I really understood education. So not that I'm dis dissing the school that I went to, but there was a few bad actors in there. So when I left school, I went to college, <clears throat> and I found some teachers who were really inspirational. That's what sort of pushed me forward, really. And I really got into literature and I, I, I did a foundation in art for uh, two or three years. And um, that was another big thing for me, really. See, that's why kids go to college, so they can expand their minds. They can find out, you know, what, yeah. all right, in, in school, they try to throw you so many different things. You know, what's going to stick? What's going to put yeah. get stuck in that tool belt? For for you, uh, you know, between your aunt giving you the, the record and your, and was it your uncle that gave you the, the, the guitar? Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah. you know, your aunt and uncle were very instrumental in in, uh, in watering that seed of music uh, appreciation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, big ups to them, uh, your family mm -hmm. that that has uh, helped to cultivate uh, this uh, salt house lavish that you've become today. So when you yeah. what what school did you go to for for music? What did you get to your degree? Uh I went to uh, Teesside University, which is one of the local universities. The, uh, they never used to do music courses all. And they amalgamated with another um, another college, and they took on their music departments. And from there, they went on to uh, to develop a couple of music degrees. So there's like a few performing arts ones and then really uh, technical ones, which was all the sort of technical studio side of it, which is, which is the bit I did. Um, 
So yeah, from from spending probably at that point maybe six or seven years playing guitar, I wanted to learn the sort of shit. I did the, the music degree was like predominantly studio based. Well, well, when when you were in school learning things, were you able to? I you know usually yeah, if you go to a dance school, uh, you put on a show. Mm-hmm. You put, you know you got a theater school, you put on a show. Well, mm-hmm. were you putting together a, a band or 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 some kind of musical shows? Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, there, was a, there was a few people there we, we sort of struck up a little band with. We did a few uh, performances um, within the college, but it never really went any further than that because I was already in bands outside of that. Oh, um, funny enough, I just remember something uh, ironic there. When I was when I first went to school, when the secondary school, which is like eleven year olds, um, I obviously at this point obviously had an interest in music, so I, I went to the music classes. I want I want to do the music course, and they went, "No, you can't." I went, "Oh, right, but I'm really, I'm really interested in music." They went, "No, you can't." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, fair enough." <laughs> they, you can't. Not even the little, yeah, much, yeah. not even the yeah, little, even, uh, don't they give you like little tambourine, tambourines and, and stuff that you could smash together? Maybe a harmonica, uh, a recorder? I think, I, think they, I think they gave me a trumpet and said, can you play that? So I, I blew it and went, and went, no, you can't play. But with no <laughs> instruction, come on, nobody's going to play, uh, play it on the first day. You're no, not Dizzy no, Gillespie, no. you know, and even Dizzy exactly, Gillespie yeah. wasn't Dizzy Gillespie when he first started. You know, yeah, he had to get no, taught no. just like everybody else or, or learn on his own. I'm not sure yeah, familiar yeah. with the, uh, the upbringing yeah. and the, and, and the, the journey, but, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm learning the journey with you, man. So Dr. Lav, uh, you, when you got out of, uh, college, you say you were in some bands, what kind of music were you playing with those bands? Um, but it was a, it was a very, um, ego driven sort of jazz blues thing. A uh, little trio. Uh, we did all sorts of stuff. We did, we did quite a lot of Hendrix as well, actually. Uh, but we did like Miles Davis and Charlie Parker, things like that. It's very sort of uh, pretentious uh, for the time because we we're only 19, 20-year-olds. <laughs> but uh, great, great, great gigs. Well, what are the pieces? And who? And do you remember who was in the band? And who was playing what? Yeah, the, well, the, the first drummer we had was a guy called Simon. Um was one of our friends, great drummer, great drummer, great guy, um, and a guy called Chris, who was the singer and guitarist. And we just we just had we had a great time. And then Simon left us to join another band, and we got in uh, another lad called Matthew, who was a brilliant drummer, technical, brilliant technical drummer. Um, and I think we just ran a course with him, and uh, he went, "Oh well, I'm going to go to music school now. See ya." <laughs> We're like, "Okay." And then uh, I think. Um, we had a little hiatus for a while, and then we got, um, I can't remember the, the, the other guy's drummer now, the drummer we had. But yeah, we, we had a few drummers, but it was mainly it was mainly me and Chris who was the, the sort of fundamental part of the band. Well, you're playing bass. Uh, what kind of bass are you playing? Upright or, or electric or what? Uh, electric. I want a Fender P bass. And, and is that a four string or a five string? Yeah, four. 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 Four strings. Yeah. And is that the same kind of bass that you're playing now, or, or do you play something it's, different? It's exactly the same one that I've got that I've had since since then. Yeah, I've had it for 32 years now. It's the only bass I've, I've had. It's the only one I can play. Wow. You go with mm. what you know. For 32 yeah, years, yeah. you've been playing the same kind of bass. Yeah, have you ever picked yeah. up an upright bass or, or looked at anything yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had other basses. I've, had, I've, I've probably had about... I don't know, maybe nine or ten different bases over the years, and 
they've come and go. And this this one I've got now, which I've had like say since it's about seven, sixteen from that. Uh, it's a still the same bass, different strings, same bass. <laughs> wow, you've gotten some wear out of that thing. Yeah, I have oh, old guitars, yeah. but they haven't. They, you know, they haven't been played, so they're almost mm. pristine. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, they're yeah. those ones that you go to the the local guitar shop and. And uh, they come in a pack, you know, with, uh, there's a guitar <laughs> with some strings, a strap, yeah, or a yeah. amplifier. And yeah. go be a rock star. Go on. And yeah. no, it never happened. The thing is, that's how a lot of, that's how a lot of kids start. I go with those little things and then they find a love for it. And then, then they, what, they save up all the pocket money and get birthday money and they go and buy a better one. And then next time buy another better one. And then before you know it, three, four years down the line, they've got a Fender or a Gibson and they're absolutely loving it. Man, but you're still playing that Fender PB4. I gotta go. I gotta look that one up. Put put that on the yeah, list of, of things to do. So uh, you're mm-hmm. teaching people that that is a decent bass, and you're able to make oh, that that good music. Uh, but you say you also got into the producing part. Was that something that you learned mm. in school? Yeah, partly. Yeah, um, the, the the university course that I did. Um, there was a lot of sort of technical aspects where they showed you sort of like the you know how. The sound waves are formed through changes in temperature and how mixing desks work and all that kind of stuff. It was very technical. Um, and then it was a lot of the time it was just going and working in studios and, and helping bands out do recordings and you learn to pick up little bits here and there. And then before you know it, you've, you've produced an album or you've, you know, you're managing a band or something, you're doing something like that. Well, is this pre-electronics or is this, uh, you know, using reel-to-reel or were you... Uh or were you going in through Cool Edit, or was Pro Tools still around back then? What what year did you start doing the production part? The, the, the first the first um, one I did was uh, Real to Real, um, and it also had a, a secondary DAT tape, uh, digital audio tape, um, and then the sort of a lot of the studios around me still had a lot of obsolete um, equipment, which eventually got faded out over time. And then they all went digital. Uh, so they had a lot of Soundcraft SSL desks and things like that. You know, the real big, you know, 92-track digital desks. Yeah. What do you think about making the switch from analog to digital? I mean, I, I know a lot of uh, the old school guys say, oh, it's just not warm. You can fake it, but it's just, it's just not warm. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Do you know, you hit it with a certain age where you just think yourself, all the arguments are Bit pointless because it's still good music. If you still can write good music, you record good songs. It doesn't matter what you record on. Yeah, and it really doesn't matter because it's all going to be spun down to MP3, 128 kilobytes, exactly. or you know yeah. whatever it is, or 192, yeah. and you're going to lose like, half the music, aren't you? Yeah, it's like the, the uh, Neil Young and Jack White and these people who were adamant that uh, analog's best, and then you the, you listen to on Spotify and it's like, what was the point of all that argument? I think Neil Young still travels with his uh, record-making machine. I, I think he does, yeah. And he, I saw him on a talk show, and he was cutting an album, uh, you know, live on stage. Mm. And and then mm. the, the host held the album up. Here it is. Uh, he <laughs> just made it. It's worthless, but, you know, maybe it's, it's a, a collector's it's a item. Oh. What's that? Yeah, it's, it's a great gimmick. Exactly. I, I know that, uh, you know, through the years as, as a DJ, I've done – different gimmicks i I think i had uh when kodak first came out with their their uh, camera that you could put on a dock and it could print so i said Mm. uh hey as an extra added bonus i'll take pictures for you and hand them out you know as a musician (laughs) as an as a creator as an entertainer 
You have to give them yeah. that much more. Back in the yeah, 80s yeah. when I started, it was two turntables and a microphone. Yeah. And that's it. Absolutely. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Now we're doing so much more. I mean, you yeah. you are, are recording. Do you have your own studio now, at least something that you can make a demo on? Um, do you know, I, I, started, I started a little project a year and a half ago. Um, I, I work in my main job at the moment. I'm a chef. I've been doing it about 14 years. Mm. <laughs> and... I started a little, uh, we have an open mic night, so we have a lot of guys coming in. Um, long young kids, but we have a couple of older guys that come in who are in the maybe 50s or 60s, and they've never been in a studio, so I decided I'd build a mobile studio so I could give these guys a sense of um, being in a studio and recording something and what have you. So I built, I've spent a couple of grand, so built this little mobile studio, and then I did a couple of recordings, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to do my own stuff. So I, I basically have my own studio and it's, it's in a guitar case. The whole thing, all digital, uh, it's fantastic. And that's what all the Salt House stuff is done on. Well, you've just given the people an idea. A couple of thousand bucks and you get a studio. It may not be one of those 92 track uh, stations, but you may not need that for a lot of different uh, no. you know, applications. You, you know, no. This may handle um, most of the things that you need to do to make a little mixtape. And for the kids, yeah. uh, for the kids that are that aren't old enough, a mixtape actually used to be uh, an actual tape. And, you know, you were talking yes. about the reel to reel. I know how to splice. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> that was one of the first yeah, things that I learned that. in broadcast school was how yeah, to cut yeah. real, how to cut a commercial reel to reel. You know, and, and then put it on a, a cart machine. Oh, yeah, I, yeah man. In That's fact, I, back, isn't yeah, I was working on a on a radio station in Miami. Uh, Coral Gables, a, a part of Miami, and it was mm. the, the oldest radio station in Miami, and it still wow. had cart machines and record players and a, and a reel to reel. You know why? I don't know. It wow. was there, but it was it, it was fun to to go back. And this is uh, early two thousands, and it still had yeah. all this equipment, and we were on the wow. air using cart machines. It was great, <laughs> you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, hey, analog versus digital. I mean, that's something. Uh, well, tell me, tell me about Salt House Lavish. What, where did that name come about? What does it mean? Do you know, like I said before, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of jazz and blues, and I, I wanted, I wanted a project name which was, you know, like the old blues guys, like you know, Lightning John Hopkins, and you know, Blind Lemon Jefferson, that kind of thing. So that's that's where it came from. Literally, it was just it was a collection of words that evoke that emotion for me of that old blues singer yeah i think the kids have these uh generators these apps uh your wu-tang clan name you click a button right. or you know maybe it's the first letter of your last name yeah, and, the, yeah, yeah. and the first last thing that you ate or whatever and and that becomes yeah. your name forever uh, i think what was yeah. it uh, uh oh oh um uh oh my goodness the rapper uh uh Oh, Childish Gambino. I think that's how yes. he came up with his name. Do Donald Glover, I think is his real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. came up with his his name uh, using one of those apps. And maybe right. he's sorry that he kept that name, but maybe not. It's a great name. No, I, no. The two words yeah, that could, go to... He's building an empire for him, so I'm sure he's not unhappy about this. Yeah, you can make a brand. I know if I put Salt House Lavish, which I did, I put it in the Google, everything is coming up Salt House Lavish, which is great. I mean, it's nice to yes. build a brand, to, 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 to build something. But is Salt House yes. Lavish 
you, Dr. Lav, or is it a group of people? It's literally just me. Well, I mean, do you have people along the way that have helped you to create some of the music that you, you've done, or are you doing it uh, all track by track, kind of like what, no. what was what was Foster, the people? Was it, is it Mark Foster or whoever it is that, that's oh, the, yeah, the yeah. lead of Foster, the people? That yeah. song that he, that is out on the radio, he had a band, mm. but he was making mm. a demo in his living room you know, playing all the different music and he, he sent that to his record co- uh, label. They put that mm-hmm. out and the rest of his mm-hmm. band said, Hey, what about us? <laughs> but, <laughs> but he did it all himself. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, are, is that what you're doing? So pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm most of the time I'm sitting in the kitchen and I put the laptop out and I'll just be, you know, knocking an ideas back and forward. Um, and then I'll come with a baseline. I'll get some, some keys. I've got a little keyboard set up next to me. So, it's just literally me just going back and forward and just putting bits on top and layering sounds on top. And yeah, it's just, it's all just me. And is it all uh, using actual instruments or are you coming up with, with beats or is it like a, I guess it used to be Fruity Loops. Now it's what, FL Studio. Uh, what are you using yeah. to, to make the beats and I, the drums and stuff? I, I use, I use reason um, for, for everything uh, pretty much. And there's, there's most of the songs have got live uh, bass, uh, guitar, a bit of keyboards in there, and then I'll find a couple of like complimentary samples, um, and then I use got a lot of the synths and reason as fantastic little products. So I'll use them just to you know pepper the top of it. Now I was listening to some of the tracks, and and I was looking. I don't think I listened to all the tracks, but I, I noticed mm-hmm. on Amazon you had one that says explicit, and usually that's only when you have vocals. Do you have any with vocals? <laughs> um, there's yeah, there's that one. Um, which is actually me oh. um, uh, in my in my northeast, and then the there's another one on there called Icon, which is a, a sample. Which when when lockdown first happened, Native Instruments put a little package together with um, some samples from um, famous uh, producers and songwriters, just some ad hoc stuff. Um, and then they, they gave it away for free for people to use, just to come up with something. So there's a track on on. The last uh, EP up around performance cancelled called I Hunt, and that's got some samples on there. How beautiful is uh, that? We used to get sued back in the eighties for doing that, oh, <laughs> you know, no, grabbing yeah. drum beats from the sixties. Uh, to I yeah. guess what was it? The funky drummer, I think, from the aforementioned yeah. uh, James Brown's band, yeah. is probably the most famous hip hop beat ever made. Yes. It's been yeah, uh, either that or when the Led Zeppelin by um, Led Zeppelin. Oh, and then them two are the most used samples in, in hip hop, aren't they? Oh my goodness! And yeah, we were getting sued left and right for that. And mm-hmm. I say, I say, we. I had a very small part, uh, you know, because I really didn't start my career until '86. But before mm-hmm. that, I was also in my bedroom uh, collecting samples, trying to record stuff on my tape <laughs> player, and and, uh, yeah, yeah. and doing my share of trying to rap. But uh, you know that that was a failed attempt. I was much better at playing yeah. other people's music. <laughs> it's what I do. And talking to other yeah. people and promoting other people. This is my, yeah, my forte. My, my life's goal is to uh, expose people to other people, you know, help people yeah, along man. the way. But yeah, who are the people that... Not, you need more people like yourself doing that because everybody, everyone on my side of it, the sort of musician side, there's too many egos. So you don't, don't want to really do anything like that. And then you get people like yourself uh, who just who love music and just want to get out there, and there should be more people like that. But well, I feel I like when I was younger, 
I, I didn't help as many people as I should have. But now that I'm 52, as of last mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, you know, I, uh, no, uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, but, uh, you know, now that I'm 52, you know, I, I think when I was 50 is really when I really went full force in the, into the podcast part. But I, mm. I started to think, you know, you need to help other people along the way. And if there's a, mm. a way that you can give a voice to those people, hey, let's do it. You know, so Dr. Mm. Lav, I'm very happy to be chit-chatting with you and finding out the roots. But uh, that you, I'm very interested in this uh, mobile uh, studio that you have. What are the components mm. that fit into a guitar case? Uh, that's great. Yeah, well, the, the, the three... Um, main part of it is obviously a laptop. Um, I've got um, um, a Native Instruments Complete 6 sound card, uh, which is six in outputs. Um, and then I've got a, a condenser mic. Um, I've got a couple of, I've got a couple of um, SM58s just for, you know, for making up amps and what have you. And I've got an assortment of leads, bits and bobs, stands, cables, everything you need, really. So it's good to go. Um, <clears throat> I can record two or three people at the same time if ever a trio comes along so I can get vocals, guitars. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a great little piece of kit. SM58 wired or wireless? Oh, wired. Wireless? Wired. 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 Yeah, it, that yeah. makes more sense. Uh, for. For 99 bucks, you probably have one of the greatest microphones ever made. Ah, it, it's great for fabulous. vocals and even for miking things. Now, the SM57, uh, people have said, uh, that's better for miking an instrument. But I think the 58 does just fine. Yeah, th- there's a little bit of a better resonance on the 57 for, right, for miking drum kits particularly. Um, but for anything else, amps and what have you, ambient room noise and background room, yeah, it's 50, 58 degrees. Good tip. Now, you have a condenser mic. Doesn't that pick up a lot of the room, room noise? Or if, if somebody's in a, a quiet enough room, you can use that? I tend to use that just for, for close vocals. So I've got a little, um, uh, you know, like a little isolation booth thing that just fits around my total mic stand um, if I'm recording anyone singing. Look at you, Salt House Lavish, man. Are you looking to branch out and, and record other people? Because you said that you you tried to re- try doing that and it, it was a little frustrating. Um, not necessarily frustrating. I just um, I, I record a couple of um, couple of the guys who do our mic nights and, and give them a little bit of an experience. And then um, I've done work with uh, another local lad called uh, Thought Trumpet. Um, it was a bit of a sort of punk rock kind of acoustic punk rock guy okay. uh, some really interesting songs he's a solo artist but he has some really interesting songs so I've recorded a, an, uh, a demo and an EP for him um, and he's currently just writing some new stuff that I'm going to be recording um, when we're allowed to out in pandemic again <laughs> well you've been uh, uh, you've been in bands and, and you're all you're now a, a solo artist it's got to be so mm-hmm. much easier to be able to pick up on your own and maybe grab a, a guitar that you you, yeah. Besides the bass, do you actually play uh, the six-string guitar as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play guitar as well. I play keyboards. Uh, I play drums and percussion. Yeah. Now, everything. do you hit the open mics, or are you still in that no. in that way, or or uh, when did you start recording the the music as well? Even before Salt House Music, but when did you start laying tracks down, and and uh, are those available? 
digitally or otherwise? Uh, no, a lot of us sort of little pet projects for the people who um, wanted them. So they gave them to the family and friends. It, it's nothing that's uh, available online. The uh, Thought Trumpet one, which um, I did last uh, year before last, that's um, available on Spotify and wherever you can get music from. Well, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking on Amazon and I, I, I well, I, I mean, I'm seeing a lot. I, you have a lot of tracks out there for sure. Uh, but, mm. uh, y- y- um, Man, uh, what are the what are the first tracks that you you laid down? All right, now I'm on your your SoundCloud, and I'm looking at like uh, generally optimistic from uh, generally 20, optimistic from yes, 2020. That, that the first one I put out, yeah, and that's the first one that you put out as Salt House Lavish. Where you put? Yeah. Do you have anything else from before, or is is this what you're um, you're starting and? And continuing. Yeah, I mean, this I've got all demos and all recordings we did with bands years ago. Um, but I think I think I've still got a couple of them, but a lot of them, unfortunately, because they were all recorded on cassettes. I think a lot of them are all missing now, or locked away in a cupboard that no one's allowed to look in. <laughs> no, I understand completely. I mean, I've lost so many things over the years. Uh, you know, and, mm. and, and and I've uh, streamlined every move you make uh, streamlines mm. more. You know, so I don't know how many how many moves you make. Are you still in the in the north of England? Uh, are, have you been living there your whole life? Um, yeah, I mean, I lived in I lived in London for a few years. Um, I was in bands in down there. I've lived in a few other places, but yeah, I'm predominantly uh, born born and bred here. And then after living a few other places, come back here. Yeah, I mean, have you traveled? Uh, with bands or, or as a solo act, uh, you know, where, where where has your music taken you around the globe? Um, in the bands I was in, unfortunately, there was a we only ever in the UK, so we did a lot of gigs around the UK, but not uh, anywhere abroad, unfortunately. Oh, that's big enough. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, but how many years did you uh, tour with the band? Oh, from probably about um, sixteen to about twenty-five, maybe. And it was primarily you and you and Chris and various drummers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you do you still work with Chris at all? Um, no. Well, well, we we we're still really good friends. Oh, still good. Close with each other. But uh, he moved uh, to Scotland a couple of years back, oh. um, and he's he's basically rebuilt the house that he's uh, him and his partner are living in. So he's not been doing any music stuff for a, for a little while. So he's just getting that all set up again now. Uh, hopefully, so in the. In the not too distant future, we can uh, get some together. Yeah, put the band. Life happens, yeah, and it's hard to keep uh, you know three or four guys together, uh, you know, in a band and, and try to travel because uh, you know your 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 life gets put on hold uh, trying to it be a touring that. musician. So I mean, hey, mm-hmm. you're footloose and fancy free. You're you're good on your own, and you say you're a chef during the day. The fat man in mm-hmm. me. Uh, really enjoys <laughs> that. What kind of food are you cooking? Um, mostly Mexican. That's I like my, Mexican. Uh, that's my food of choice. Oh, I love it. It's best cuisine. <laughs> well, give, give a shout out to the place you work if you don't if, if you want to. And it's called the Crafty Cock. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that's Mexican yeah, do, food. Cra- yeah, yeah, we do. We do craft ales, cocktails, um, and Mexican. Oh, let's send some business that way. Where where's that located at? Uh, it's in it's in Billingham, which is just up the road from Stockton. That's fantastic. Crafty cock. All right. Yeah. Put that on the what makes you famous walking <laughs> tour. Do it. <laughs> yeah, do, well, do they know anything about your music? I'm sure somebody knows over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do they yeah. play it for you? Yeah, I've got, 
Do what, sorry? Do they play it for you, the ambient music? It should be a good good sound for eating. Yeah, we've, we've had it on a few times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we've got, um, we have a, we have got quite a lot of playlists which are specific to the sort of pub we have. Um, so it, I'll fit a few in eventually. Okay. I mean, well, since this, uh, this project really started last year, I mean, I, I don't have the, the exact start of last year. Were you gigging before this or, or, or was this like a, a COVID uh, thing that happened? It that- was, it was, it started before uh, the lockdown, the pandemic. Um, but I think that just, that just spurned it on really. Um, the first, the first one I put out generally optimistic was, um, was in, is in March, which was only our first lockdown uh, came about. Um, so I've had a lot of time behind because I'm only, I'm only working a couple of days a week uh, doing in the, in the kitchen. So the rest of the time I'm doing music stuff. So It's amazing how this lockdown has helped the creators uh, just release their juices in, a, in different yeah. kinds of ways. You can't get out on a stage, uh, you know, or mm. it, so a lot of people have been locking themselves up in their rooms. And like you said, a couple thousand bucks, uh, get a, get a microphone, a mixer and, and a computer and, and away you yeah. go, try you know, see yeah. where your juices flow. And I'm glad that you, well, uh, I'm happy and sad that the pandemic has happened. I know a lot of people have lost their lives for sure. Yeah, I mean, but if anything good can come out of it, there, there's definitely a creative flow. And, and, and I think the world got cleaner. Uh, you know, people aren't, aren't, aren't polluting as much. What do you yeah. uh, what, what do you think of uh, as we uh, as we come into into the now when Salt House Lavish first uh, uh, has its seeds watered? Uh, I mean, how how is the world changing now for you? Well, I mean, in England we're still in lockdown. Um, we we came out of it briefly last year for a little bit, um, but we we've we've really been in in this same situation since March last year. So we're coming up on 10, 11 months now of, of, of lockdown so it's got to be pretty grim it's got to be pretty grim you you got uh you're down to two days a week i know my first uh the first two months or so or or maybe three months i had no gigs zero Mm. so i was going through my savings as well just like a lot of people were there you know and some people still are i'm fortunate that i'm I'm, you know at least have the one gig my my one public show and weddings Mm. are coming back i'm kind of excited about that you know, keep going, yeah, yeah. you know, keep on pushing. Are, are you able to, to get out and play in front of people? Or is that, is that, is it that no. kind of show that you do? Do you, do you have a show that you, you can get out and perform in front of people? Not really. No. Um, I've got, um, there's a couple of my friends who do like DJ nights. Um, and I, I think I might try and sort of build up a little repertoire, do something with them at some point. Um, but I mean, again, we, we're stuck in a situation now and we're not really sure when it's going to happen, when it's going to end, really. It's keep, the goalposts keep getting moved. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I'm from Miami, Florida, which is a really big city and, you know, lots of festivals mm-hmm. and South Beach is club after club after club after club. Mm-hmm. And in my reckless youth, I used to work that. But then I moved to, uh, to Arkansas, which is uh, more, it's kind of a slow down. It's a smaller place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've gotten into the karaoke thing, and and, and that's right. I, you know people seem to enjoy that getting up on stage and and singing to yeah, to other people's so, yeah. music, which is uh, you know I guess everybody wants to be part of the show, and that's kind of an easy way to get into the show. But you're mm-hmm. you're some you're somewhat of a vocalist, 
uh, you know, is this, are these songs that you've been writing for a long time or, or is this something that's brand new? Um, no, I mean, I, most of this stuff's been from probably the last uh, 18 months. Hmm. And so it's all been done within the last 18 months. So it took you maybe six months or so to kind of get yourself uh, comfortable with what you were doing. And then you laid that first track down and it's just been going yeah. and going. I mean, because after yeah. that first track, it is prolific. Uh, you know, you yeah. must have 20, 20 tracks out there that you've been putting together. I mean, where does all that inspiration come? Is it all from your noggin or do you have a, a yeah, family like that, that. that helps you along the way? Uh, uh, how's the family life? <laughs> oh, no. They, yeah. I mean, family. Um, yeah, that's, that's as it is. The, the, the whole music thing is just um, if I'm walking the dog or I'm in the kitchen, I'm doing something. I'll just get a little melody. So I'll get my phone out vocally record a little melody thing and then I'll go back to it later on in the studio. So yeah, that's the sort of process really. Okay. All right. Well, we're getting that to where that's how, when the inspiration comes, everybody's with, with a smartphone pretty much has a recorder, you know, something, mm-hmm. a recording device that they can uh, get some of those, uh, those ideas down. And that's what you do. And then you formulate yeah, yeah. them into a, a three, four minute song. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's impressive. That's something that comes out of your head, out of thin air, really. And then it gets yeah, put out to the that. world. Man, it, mm-hmm. it, it impresses me to no end. I, I have written zero songs. I have recorded zero mm-hmm. songs of my own. And, um, you know, it just impresses me that someone uh, such as yourself, Dr. Lav, uh, you truly are uh, true to have your, your uh, degree in music mm-hmm. that you've been working on all these years. Uh, so mm-hmm. you think you're going to get back together with, with Chris and maybe form a band or, or is it, uh, yeah, solved I mean, out lap? I've never, I've never ruled out. Never yeah. ruled out. There's always something potential. Any other projects, uh, uh, that are happening? I mean, as we, uh, wind this thing down, any other shout outs you want to give or any other projects that you've been working on or, or something that's, um, that's happening I, soon? I, no, I mean, at the moment, I think everyone's, everyone's in the same sort of situation over here. So we're all still in lockdown. People are leaving away, getting little things together in themselves. So when we get out of lockdown, we can all do something. Um, but I've got, um, uh, I'm not entirely sure which I'm going to do at this time. I think I might release a couple of singles over the next few months. or I might just put another EP out. I've got, so I've got about five or six tracks ready to go. Um, it's just about which which way to do it. Yeah, Doctor Lav, I'm not even sure what that means anymore. Uh, singles or albums or EPs, uh, you know, pretty much it's put it out there for 99 cents or a dollar or two yeah. or two bucks or whatever it is. It's singles. Uh, does anybody really make albums and artwork? Uh, that's the, I think it's that was more obsolete, isn't it? Yeah, that was the fun part of getting an album is. Is you see the mm. artwork on the front, and oh, yeah. there's liner notes. Oh, there's yeah, there's a whole yeah. story about how the band came to be. Oh, look, uh, yeah. you know, Doctor Lav started here, and he and he got and he went to that school, and look at this, you know, you, you get a little idea, and it, it was fodder for me, the DJ that was on the air. You know, hey, this oh, is a song by Salt House Lavish. Uh, the lead singer is Doctor Lav. It's his own project. He puts it all mm-hmm. together in his own in his room, and. You know, just gives me fodder to talk about, uh, you know, when I'm introducing a song on the air. Mm. But if without that, yeah. what do you I have? Think I think that's one of the things with albums now. I mean, that was the thing when we were kids. 
you get like whatever album it was and you'd have a gateboard, you'd have all these images and pictures and stuff inside and it was fantastic to read all that as you listen to the music and it made you feel part of it. Now you go on the Spotify or Amazon and just click a thing and you listen to it and there's, there's no sort of emotional experience with that. It's just, it's all just ephemeral really. Yeah, I'm listening because I heard it on the radio and I, mm-hmm. I have no real connection with the musician, with the, with the people that put it together. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now for those that are listening to the audio version, I, I encourage you to check out the video version. I got to know what is that painting behind you and what does it mean? <laughs> I'll just move it a little bit. It's a, it's a hard cow. That is a long haired cow with a, with some, uh, uh, flowers in his mouth. Is that something that you made or is that something, you know, no, somebody, no, you know, it's, it's a- it's an English artist called um, Stephen Brown, and he, he does a lot of paintings of um, Highland cows. He's got a range of all different names, all different start faces, and what have you. It's fantastic stuff. I like it. Online. Hey, if you're going to take the time to hang something up, you know, it better be something that you enjoy. And man, I yeah. I appreciate that. That looks so cool. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, any shout outs to the people that have helped you along the way, or? Or let's, let's wind this thing down. No, just everybody. Everyone knows who they are. If they're associated with me or being part of my life at some point, they know who they are. <laughs> they, all, they all get slapped on the back, every one of them. Excellent, man. Well, there's, too, there's too many mentioned. Well, all right. Uh, I encourage everyone to look up Salt House Lavish. Just put that in your Googles. Do you have a website? Uh, I do, but I haven't done anything with it because I've been too busy doing the music side. So the, yeah. the website's... Um, there's something in there, but it needs to be, uh, I need to finish it really. What's the best way to get a hold of you to, uh, you know, get projects together or get a hold of your music? Um, you can, you can do it through, uh, SoundCloud or, or YouTube or anything like that. Anything where there's, you know, comment off your back or anything. No, 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 no. I want the ones where they buy the stuff or where, where can they purchase? <laughs> you know, you gotta, gotta support the artist. Well, it's, it's all digital. So Spotify or Amazon, any of those. It all, it all comes back at some point. I mean, you don't make money out of music anymore, and I don't do it for money. I do it for fun. But, you know, a little bit of kickback here and there, I don't mind. Yeah. All these artists, that, you know, hey, all through the centuries have been, uh, oh, I do it for the love of the music. It's not really about the money. You still need a roof over your head. And thankfully, oh, you can yeah. cook. So uh, I guess you get food in your belly. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all right. Bills and it keeps me fed. Well, I don't want this to be the last time we chit chat. You know, as things progress, uh, as we break out of lockdown, maybe like in the, in the mm-hmm. next year or so, if you get some new projects that, that are going on, I want to chit chat with you again. Dr. Lab. Yeah, definitely, man. Now, definitely. I, I, I usually finish these things off with last words for the people. Now, Dr. Lav, Salt House Lavish. It could be... Uh, words to live by maybe something you're you know that your grandpa told you a long time ago or you you heard maybe a mantra you wake up with every morning or just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time dr lav salt house lavish last words for the people in the words of the inimitable bob dylan keep on keeping on well there you have it party people dr lav Salt House Lavish. Look it up. Put that in your Google. <laughs> the guy's cool. The guy's cool. And that music, you could see. Okay, if you listen to the Salt House Lavish music, you'll see how the jazz greats have influenced him through the years. And it's real bass driven. It's cool. Oh, don't listen to me. Don't listen to my description. Just take a listen to Salt House Lavish. 
put that in your ear holes. It'll make you happy. It'll lower your blood pressure, make you feel good. I, I can almost guarantee it. It, it, it. Now, if you're actually on blood pressure medicine, I, I urge you to continue to listen to your physician. Salt House Lavish, even though it's led by Dr. Lav, he's not a medical doctor. <laughs> but he will feed your soul. Yeah, he's also a chef. You see? He will feed your soul with his good music. Thank you so much, Dr. Lav, Salt House Lavish, for being on the program, What Makes You Famous. Now, if you, now I'm turning my attention to you, would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What? The music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The first written account of the Loch Ness Monster, known as Nessie, was made in 565 AD. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag what makes you famous follow on facebook at what makes you famous follow on instagram at what makes you famous follow on twitter at makes famous and follow on youtube at keys dan leave what makes you famous podcast a review and subscribe listen to what makes you famous podcast on podbean itunes youtube stitcher google podcast and spotify and almost anywhere you find podcasts tell your story on my podcast what makes you famous call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time you can support what makes you famous using the paypal link paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening hey guys this is shelly g she said what well you are gonna have to listen to the countdown to hear what i say and make sure to keep listening to radio what for more information and trivia she said what